It's time for Ralph and Vicky's Off Grid Podcast with your host, outdoor writer Pete Rogers. We're coming to you from the Hunter's Blend Coffee Studio. Hunter's Blend Coffee, defending hunting one cup at a time. Now, let's get into this week's show. Welcome back to Off Grid with Ralph and Vicky. I'm your host, Pete Rogers, and today we have a special guest with us. Oh, he's special. We have a special <laughs> guest with us. We have an Illinois conservation officer. Mr. Steve Beltran mm-hmm. is going to be with us today, and he's going to be answering questions that we have that uh, we think that a lot of, of outdoorsmen, hunters, fishers, fishermen, trappers, recreational people have when it comes to conservation laws. So we invited them here today because there's a lot of, again, I think there's a lot of sportsmen, myself included, who are like, okay, when the game warden walks up, what happens? What are you supposed to do? What kind of, what kind of uh, thing? Right, don't pick up your gun and, sh- and aim it at them. Here, it's empty. No, and scare, right. and what, what? scare the tar out of them. Well, that's a, that's a great. And right now, it's yeah. gun season. It's gun it's season right. here it's in Illinois. It's day second season. Well, yeah. And that's a great, and that's a great segue, Vicki. Uh, surprise. But oh, good thanks. for you. Good See for how you. they are. <laughs> Is uh, so, Steve, tell us if um, you're walking out to some hunters who are maybe walking to their truck at the end of a hunt and you pull up, what do you expect to happen? What would you like for hunters to know? Uh, well, first and foremost, when we go out, we're looking for compliance with the law. And oftentimes we don't have a choice to pick what time that is. And so, like on a busy day, uh, if there's a lot of people out and stuff like that, sometimes it might be at one o'clock in the afternoon, which is great because everybody's down and having lunch. But other times it might be around four or five o'clock, that perfect witching hour. Now, I try not to get out there and check you while you're in the stand within the last half hour because we all know how important that is. But at the same time, if I have an on view violation or something, I might have to come out there. And, uh, you know, so we do the best that we can. But our intent is not to disrupt your hunt or to disturb the animals. It's just simply to make sure that you've got all the laws correct and everything. If we could check it back at the vehicle, that's great. But if we had to wait for everybody to get back to the vehicle, well, then we'd only check one person a day, right? You right. Know? right. So, Good point. Uh, yeah. yeah. So, um, you know, we do Which the best that we can. Hope you check somebody else today. <laughs> that's right. That's right. <laughs> uh, we do the best that we can to try and get out and, and, and check people. But, um also, too, sometimes when we're coming out, we might be on an ATV, we might be in a vehicle, we might be on a snowmobile, we might be walking. And it depends on the terrain, you know, whether or not sort of cover you're in and stuff. Uh, it's easier for me to bring a vehicle with. I've got all my paperwork. I've got all my computers, you know, so the yep. check is going to be a lot easier. Oftentimes, I, I feel that that vehicle doesn't interrupt the wildlife as much as me walking 500 yards, quarter of a mile or something back into where you're at. And so, you know, if you see the vehicle coming in, generally I'll try and address you, you know, give you a short wave. I try not to make any noise and stuff. I'll get out slowly. Don't slam my door or whatever. And I'll show you, Hey, I want to see your hunting license. I'll hold up a couple of fingers, you know, indicating a license. I might signal you to come out of your tree stand. It just depends on what you're hunting and at the time and stuff. Uh, if I see a violation, in other words, you're not wearing blaze orange, if it's required or you're hunting with a rifle and it's maybe just shotgun season, oh. you know, oh. yeah, uh, right. right. You, you better come down. Yeah. <laughs> then it's usually get down now, you know, but uh, no, it's not nice then. Yeah. Well, for the most part, <laughs> right. I try and remain friendly and nice and stuff, but yeah. Well, let me interrupt you on that. Mm-hmm. Let's sure. say, for example, we'll, we'll talk deer hunting for example mm-hmm. sure. and and there's a, a a hunter in a stand and you want them to get down well they have a loaded weapon in their hand we're assuming yeah how do you want them to do that so that it's safe for everyone good question I mean, so we, we're trying to do 101 here yeah so the 101 is obviously you're going to use safety what you normally do up and down the stand 
for me, that means unloading your firearm if you're going to lower it down or sling it on your back. But I like to see an unloaded firearm. Uh, most people, when they're drawing it up and stuff, it's, it should be unloaded anyways yeah, for, for their safety, right? right. So um, if I ask you to come down, I'll ask you to unload the firearm. Uh, I'll note the number of rounds that you're taking out because that's something we look for. Okay. And uh, so ask you to come down. You'll climb down. I'll ask to inspect your firearm at that point in time. I might ask you for your rounds because sometimes, depending on what you're hunting, uh, maybe lead's restricted in a certain area. If you're hunting, you oh, know, for steel like or something, you need steel, yeah, or, or just you know, just depending on where you're at and stuff. Right. And uh, so, I'll inspect the firearm. I'm going to be asking you for your hunting license, right? You any stamps or permits that you guys might have? And then, depending on um, you know whether you're an archery hunter or not, it might for us. We've got a special card to possess a firearm in Illinois, a firearm owner identification and that's card. Important to point out to listeners who are listening to this, maybe from all over the country, mm-hmm. is first know what the rules are in the state you're hunting. Because yes. they are very different here than where I'm from in South Carolina. Right. As far as what you have to have, the individual tag, they look different. You have to uh, have them on your possession at all times. Mm-hmm. All those things you better know. Right. Well, and, and like we there. were talking the other day about with Illinois, like you just said, we call them FOID cards. It's your firearm ownership ID card. And first shotgun season, Ralph and I are getting ready to head out. And I'm like, hang on a second, Ralph. I'm like, yeah. do you got your FOID card you on you? Because you have to have that on your possession. If you're holding right. a gun, you need to, you need to have, so have your FOID no, card. no idea what you're talking about. Yep. Right. 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 So what is that? What is, what do you call it? It's a firearm identification card. But you called it something else. It's a FOID, F-O-I-D. Firearms Identification. Identification. Okay. Right. right. And that means what? Well, just for Illinois, you know, they pre-vet anybody that wants to possess a firearm or ammunition. So you have to apply to the Illinois State Police for this particular card. I think it's a $10 fee. It's good for 10 years. And essentially, they do a background check on you and make sure that you... So that's different from a concealed carry card. Correct. Yes. 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 Totally different. Yeah. All right. So So, a non-resident, do they have to have that as well? No, they're exempt. If they're a non-resident, assuming that you're within the compliance of the laws of, of your residing state. So okay. if another okay. state has that card, then they have to display that or whatever. But, but like my state doesn't have that. Doesn't have it. So then, you know, it, as long as you're whatever, if you if, if all you have to do is show your driver's license for over there, then that's what you have to show for, for us over okay. here. Okay. Well. Yeah, all right. Yeah. So that clears it up a lot because yeah. I would be freaking out if you said I had to have a Ford. Oh, gosh, I'm illegal right. and didn't know that. Right, 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 right. Okay. Yeah. And so but we would look at your hunting license and see that you're a non-resident. So then I wouldn't ask for that, you know, but if you got down, likely as I'm going to be looking at your plates as I pull up, I saw as I came here, uh, you know, non-resident plates and stuff. So I, I would know not to check. So you're looking at the, all the plates in our in our yard. I'm checking everything. Okay, yes. check, always, yes, yeah, always, yes, always. Yes, yes. It's kind of ingrained. But that's in you what you do. I mean, that's well, that's it, it is. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, you know, you just okay. kind of pick up on certain things. Just as you, if you were out in the field, you see something flash over there. You're, you're thinking, yeah. well, you know. Grab the binos. You want to see what it is, a buck or a right. or whatever, and what's moving and stuff. And so okay. we have the same thing, but with criminals, I guess. So All right. So, so you want them to unload their gun, come down. Unload, come down. If they're in a ground blind, they don't necessarily have to unload it. I'll give them instruction. But to safely get out of a tree stand, you're going to have to unload the gun, come down. Uh, if you you could hold on to the firearm, you could set it to the side. We always ask that you don't point it at us at any point in time, whether it's loaded or unloaded. Proper gun safe handling techniques and stuff apply at all times. Yeah. Makes me uncomfortable to have that barrel okay. ring across yeah. me. Yeah. Uh, sometimes they laser their buddies, you know, as they're going, Hey Billy, you got this. And Hey Johnny. You uh, know, and I know. So, um, I'll, I'll be vocal about that. We don't I hit we the don't, ground from that. Yeah. yeah. We, yeah. We, we don't want anybody doing that. So, but, um, and then just ask for your documents, your, your hunting or fishing license, whatever it is that you got going on. And then any special permits that you might have and okay. uh, stuff like that. Well, let me ask you this for, uh, maybe an, an Illinois resident. Mm-hmm. Um, 
Do you have separate license tags for hunting, fishing, trapping, mm-hmm. or can you have one? Well, no, you have we, a sportsman's we license, so we have which, a sportsman's, is, which, which is, is your hunting and mm-hmm. fishing together, but you can't trap on that. Correct. And just because you have a hunting license, that gives you the right to go hunting, but mm-hmm. you still need, like, I mean, hunting deer squirrels. Permit. But if you're going to hunt deer, you need to get a deer permit. Yeah, we have big game right. Right. licenses right. as well. Okay. Yeah. All so. right. So just make sure all your documentation is right. Right. Yeah, make sure you've got your documentation right. Um, don't rely on the folks at the at the point of sale places where you buy them. I mean, you know, they, they do a great job at selling the stuff, but oftentimes people go in, especially from out of state, and say, hey, I'm here to, you know, hunt deer. What do I know? Well, he might have come over from the automotive section or you know, yeah. might be working cashier. I had that exact issue. We've had that. Yeah. I had that exact issue where they sold me the tag, <laughs> right. but not the license. But not the license. Then I had to go online when I got here. They said, yeah. hey, do you have, I, I thought I had everything. Right. But then I went and checked, and right. they had me check, and mm-hmm. I had to go buy the license. Right. Yep. yep. So make sure you have everything. Yeah, make sure you have everything. And, uh, you know, the, everything's in the digest. Also, if you get a chance, I always kind of mention this to people. You know, if you're going to be planning a big trip, call around ahead of time, get to know the local conservation officer, you know, call them on the phone. I get people call all the time and say, hey, I'm coming out for deer hunting. You know, what do I need to know? And I'll explain everything to him over the phone. No problem. Then he's got my phone number. He could, you know, give me and a call. And you don't mind that at all? No, all of our numbers are posted publicly and stuff, and that's what we're here for. We're here to share information. I'd rather give you a good bits of, of advice before you get here rather than, you know, have to drag the court system, you know, well, uh, on and, the other and side. Like you've always told us before, too, is transparency. That, you know, and that's something you taught us, really. Yeah. yeah. And, and I think it's it's a just what a wealth of information. And that's just Steve told us, he said, here's the bottom line for any time you're anywhere. Just be transparent. Tell the truth. Tell, Tell the, the truth. truth. Oh, yeah. 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 <clears throat> yeah. Oftentimes, you know, we deal with people so much and, and I understand people get nervous and stuff. But, you know, so many people just lie to us. Right. You know, so if we get that, it's 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 difficult for us because we want to try and educate you and apply the right amount of pressure to make sure it doesn't happen again. And if you're not transparent about it, then it's, it's, you know, it it makes it difficult for us as well. So, but if a guy got down and and I've had this guys from out of state and stuff, and he'll hand me a deer tag that he spent $411 and another uh, hunting license. And he spent 55 bucks on it, but he doesn't have a $5 habitat stamp. And the guy's like, well, geez, this is, I didn't know, you know, but if he got to the point where he starts telling me, well, I didn't think you need to have that and, and this and that, you know, and, and you know, they're kind of making up an excuse or a lie about it. Well then, geez, you know, if you just said, Hey, I, I didn't have it. I, I believe that you would have spent the five bucks anyways, you know, so, you know, them digging themselves into a hole and stuff. And, yeah. uh, you know, honestly, if you are doing something wrong, well then the hole's already there. So I get that. But for people that make an honest, innocent mistake and stuff, it's a lot easier to work out, you know, work something out with somebody right. and be transparent about it and say, Hey, you know, I'm doing the best I can. I'm, I'm an ethical hunter. I've got my safety card. I've got permission and stuff. Right. If it's a simple oversight, you know, we all have them, you know, I make mistakes too. So yeah. it makes it easier for us to, to work something out with you, you know, to try and crack Tell the, the truth, be yeah. transparent for sure, you know, and just uh, try to realize that you're trying not to intentionally break the law. Right. Right. Now, having said that, mm-hmm. what's the most common violation you run into for hunters? Right. We'll get to anglers. For, for, for deer yeah. season? I, you, know, you know what I mean? Well, just in general. Just yeah, general you know, for the most part, um, with social media and the pressure, uh-huh. right? 
the pressure to advertise your big game. So many people are, are just forgetting their fundamentals. You know, grandpa, he'd go out, he'd, he'd shoot a deer, he'd run over, he'd put a tag on it, and then they'd drag it back to the house. And maybe grandma might come out with a camera or two or something and snap a picture and then put it on the fridge. But nowadays, you know, with, with the light setting and this and that, and everybody wants to get the perfect picture, you know, they're not tagging their deer. They're not tagging their big game, right? So immediately they want to get down and a couple of selfies and this and that. And, oh, you know, well, let me check my eyes. Oh, you know, I, I don't I don't look right. Let me do this. And so people are constantly, you know, well, when they put that on there, there's always somebody, whether it's an ex-husband or wife or a buddy of yours, that goes, hey, that deer's not tagged. And then, you know, they're transparent, right, with me. And then all of a sudden I got to come find you, you know. So one of our biggest problems today is, is just the social media glorification without tagging it. And there's ways that you could tag your animal and you could, you know, tuck your hand around that, that tag if you want or something, you know, and you could kind of still see it's hanging out. You could put the tag on the leg and that could be now, off to the side. Now, Steve, mm-hmm. the, for our state and other states, yep. they, you get... You get like a, a head tag, an antler, or a, let's say a head tag, right. and, a, and a body tag for, sure. for the for the carcass, leg a leg right. tag. Right. If if you have if you put the leg tag on mm-hmm. and you punched it out, yep. Are you are you one hundred percent legal to move that animal? So first off, look at your tag. Right. Every state's different, right? Right. So for. Some counties by us, you know, it might say right on there, if you kill a buck, this tag goes on, on the, the antler. Rack, on the antler, right. And so it doesn't give you an option to put it on there. However, during archery season, you get two tags. You get the head and the leg. You know, during a firearm deer season, depending on where you get the tags, you may get just a head or leg tag and a check station tag. So those plastic peel tags that you have, depending on the state that you go, the province that you're in, read it because it's going to tell you, Hey, this is where it goes, you know? So from here all the way across North America, it might say you got to put it on this side or that side or this leg or that leg or whatever. So just double check those instructions for us here. Archery, they're going to give you two tags, one for the head, one for the leg for the male. It doesn't matter, you know, whether you attach either or however, for firearm season in some counties, they just give you one tag and it says on there, Hey, if it's an antler deer, put it on the antler. If it's non antler deer, put it on the leg because you have to bring in the check station. And that's where they give you that secondary tag is at the check station. Okay. So always check your local regulations, double check your seasons, all that stuff. Little micro nuances make a difference depending on what's happening and what zone and stuff. So it could be confusing at times. The digest is there. Our numbers, our emails, all that other stuff. You know, pick up the phone, reach out to us. We're always here, happy to help, that type of stuff. So Okay. So the most common mistake you run in with deer hunters is not tagging, tagging it at the point of kill. Tagging it immediately upon kill. Immediately Correct. upon kill. Yep. That's okay. how the, the language, you know, uh, specifies immediately upon kill. They throw it on their truck. They do this. Mm-hmm. They take it to a better spot for a photo or right. something. Yeah. They or to show a buddy. It. They feel right. dressed and they don't want to get the tag and dirty. It's, it's, right. a, it's, mm-hmm. it's interesting how the language can be so similar yet so different. Because, like, in, again, in my state, it's at the point of kill. Okay. And yours says immediately upon kill. Correct. Which technically, I guess, could be the same thing. Yeah. You know, that, that means before you move it, right. you put a tag on it. Right. Yes. That's what it means. We'll be right back with more Ralph and Vicky's Off-Grid Podcast with your host, Pete Rogers. This segment of the Off-Grid Podcast is brought to you by Beeman Arrows. Beeman is considered one of the world's innovators of carbon arrow technology. Beeman continues at the forefront of the industry by developing new methods and processes for ever improving their products. Beeman arrows are used by pros and sportsmen alike for their perfect balance of speed, durability, consistency, strength, and value. 
beaming carbon arrows. Made in the USA and purely American. Welcome back to Ralph and Vicky's Off-Grid Podcast with your host, Pete Rogers. We're coming to you from the Hunter's Blend Coffee Studio. Now, let's get back into this week's show. So for us, you know, immediately upon kill, if you know, bingo, you shot it, and the animal's dead, it's laying there, it's bled out, it's taking its last breath, and there's does in front of you, and maybe you want to harvest another animal, you know, our loss is immediately upon kill. So if the animal's dead, you know, now if it runs off, and so on and so forth. There's other animals come in, and you would normally wait for that animal, you know, to expire. Twenty minutes, thirty minutes, which a lot of a lot of guys like to do. And yep, stuff. Right, yep. So you know, ours is are articulated immediately upon kill. It's it's very restrictive. As soon as that animal is killed, it's got to be applied. So, so that, your hunt's over at that point. Well, it, it, even if you have additional tags, your hunt's not over. But you've got to get down. Tag it immediately upon kill. So we understand uh, there's 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 a dynamic to a lot of that, right? And we understand the laws are there. Uh, we make it very restrictive because that's the definition. So many people would say, that, you know, they'll come up with another creative excuse as to circumvent that, right? So that's why we say, hey, you can't do it. It's immediately upon kill. And, you know, speed limit's 55 miles an hour. If you're doing 56, nobody really minds. But technically... It's fifty-five. Okay. Right. Medial upon right. kill. Yeah. Okay. Right, here's, yeah, and I'm not. I'm just trying to sure because you, you know how we're going to get people asking. Yeah. Um. So let's just say you're shotgun hunting. Mm-hmm. You're in a stand. You shoot a deer. You watch that deer run and drop. Mm-hmm. You, you know what I mean? Right. But you look and there's more deer coming. Correct. And you got two tags. Right. Can you legally shoot another deer? So if the deer's dead, right, the deer's dead. And you know it's dead. And you know it's dead, it's immediately upon kill, okay? So what happens is, well, let's just say there's a buck that comes out, and you've got a buck tag, and you shoot it, and he goes off, and he lays down. Now, here comes a bigger buck, okay? So, and you shoot the bigger buck, you think, oh, okay. So you're in violation, right, because you didn't tag the one immediately upon kill. That invalidates your first tag immediately, Okay, that's why the law is very defined on it, immediately upon kill. And so it's for those people that want to circumvent the tagging yeah. aspect of it, right? You know what okay. I'm saying? Yeah. yeah. So that, that's where the practical application See, comes actually, from. See, actually, I didn't think about it that way because we, we've made that comment before. We're like, okay, well, if a big doe comes in, right. I can go ahead and, and, and take her with my shotgun. But don't, don't get down. And then wait. You, you and don't get down. But if you right. see her done. Right. Right. Here's I need to get down, tag it, and climb back up. Yeah, and so for us, it's you know, it's generally that trophy animal that we're focused on. Right. Oh yeah, and, yeah, it's and, not you know, the doe. And I can't yeah, interpret I the law for every no, warden no, out there, no, you know. No, so, no. Yeah. But, but this is how things work through our mind, in my mind, right? You know, and so you know, if you have two either sex tags and you mm-hmm. haven't killed any bucks this year, right? And first one comes by and you shoot it, and there's another one standing there. Well, you're not trying to circumvent the law because you have another valid tag right. in your yeah. pocket. Yes, yeah, sure. right. right, right. And so you know, the intent aspect, the law immediately upon kill but so if you shot the second one you got down and you tagged them both I, I, again i can't speak for everybody you know right. but hey all right so that's there but i've had situations where a guy will kill you know a small six or something it's the rut everything's coming around and you know, here comes he's, he's and daddy. Said, yeah and here comes the big guy well you didn't immediately t- you know tag that upon kill and that's that's why the law becomes so restrictive for that and really you guys and girls mm-hmm. you know you, you're trained mm-hmm. to read a person and you pretty much know if that person had malice behind what they were doing. Uh, Right. Right. Honestly, I mean, you can. Right. So 
also, you know, when we go to apply these models, it's, you know, the totality of the circumstance, you know, uh, if, if dad and grandpa or, or say grandpa and junior are out there, you know, and you know, the uh, grandpa shoots a doe or something and junior's there, he's got a valid, you know, so we understand the totality of things. There's no, there's no ill intent and, and, and on and on, you know, um, it's still immediately upon kill, but you could have two different scenarios. This guy is trying to steal the wildlife. He's trying right. to, to circumvent the law. And you've got this other guy that, geez, he, he never tagged it at all. He just forgot. He got wrapped up in it. This is his son's first year and everything. And then he ends up tagging it later on that night. And so are, are they both in violation? Yes. Do they both get the same tickets? Likely not because you, you apply the, the, the reasonableness to it, right. you know, right. from that perspective. Right. So like the total, as you said, the totality of all of the whole right. experience. And, right. and, what and he made a statement that hit me because the first time we met was years ago and you, you had made that you made me th- look at something differently and that way you called it just like you said they're stealing wildlife right i never i'm telling you to that day i never i never looked at it that way explain that so the way i look at it is you know because it makes sense i mean my brother came out today he took the day off of work right and he spent the time and money to come out early in the morning he wants to go out and hunt and that deer that we've been looking at on cameras that we've been glassing in the field that we've been planting food plots for and all that other stuff, that beautiful animal that we've been watching and enjoying last night, somebody comes out at midnight and shoots it with a rifle from a truck. They stole that deer from my brother. Okay. That could have been my brother's first real deer. That could have been my granddad's last year. And that's the way that I look at it. You know, when my son or my brother or my, my granddad wants to go out and enjoy those types of things and somebody steals that resource. Now the guy last night, he's entitled to do that today. Okay. With the right gun. You know, but he's got to give it fair chase. And so that, that's to me, that's where the theft comes in is he's stealing from me as a hunter. He's stealing from you everybody. and from everybody. And so those types of things, when you see your neighbor doing that, you know, and you know, he's, he stole that deer from you. It's frustrating for me. And I, I believe you should apply the fair chase model, go out there, give that animal a reasonable effort to, you know, to be harvested legally. And then, you know, that fair chase aspect, otherwise it's just pure theft. And if you're going to be cutting corners out there and stealing that natural resource from the rest of us, you got to come into you. Yeah. And so that's, that, that's to me, that's how I look at it. When you're out there, it's, it's a theft. It's a, you're taking that animal from everybody, the people that are doing it lawfully. Well, let me ask you a question from mm-hmm. a, uh, since Illinois is a magnet for non-residents, sure. you know, they have this huge reputation for really big deer mm-hmm. and, uh, and other good hunting and, and waterfowl as well. Um, you have a lot of non-residents that come here. Do you find that, uh, non-residents are pretty ignorant of the law or, or don't do their homework or, or more apt to follow the law or, or is there really any difference between a resident and non-resident? Only the ones from South Carolina. Yeah. <laughs> Those guys are terrible. Well, the embryo states are Everybody else. Um, you know, with, with anybody, you know, the, these guys, 
you know, we welcome everybody to the state, you know, sure. just, just enjoy it responsibly, right? Get a chance to take a look at the digest. If you're going to be going with an outfitter, get a reputable outfitter. If you're going to be coming in and, and doing a, a hunt on your own at one of our state parks or one of our areas, you know, try and hook up with somebody in the area ahead of time through social media or something just to kind of get the lay of the land and, and understand things. Uh, there's there's books, there's DVDs. Hey, there's podcasts out there that you right. can listen to, right? That's right. That, that's going to give you a, a heads up in terms of what to be looking for right. out there and right. stuff. So, um, you know, it depends. I, I hunt in other areas, not a lot. I've went up to Canada a couple of times. I've been out to Alaska, and it is. It's daunting. You know, you pull in there in Alaska, and even for me as an officer, I'm like, okay, I got to make sure this and that, and I'm, I'm going with a guide, you know. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And I'm like, okay, where's this and where's that? And I'm applying all these Illinois rules that I know because I'm hypersensitive to it. That's right. And reading through the book, and, and you know, this guy's like, hey, I've been doing this for 30 years. Don't worry, you know. And so... Um, you, you try and do the best that you can and, mm-hmm. and act innocently enough and stuff. But sometimes you get out there and it's your responsibility to kind of figure that out. So we try and understand a little bit of that. Non-residents and residents alike, there's good and there's bad and there's ugly and, and all that. So right, right. we don't necessarily... Um, Say this guy's from South Carolina, he's going to be, you know, one way or this guy's from Texas, he's going to be another way. Um, You know, it it all depends on their training, their experience and their love for the outdoors. Some guys come in first time hunter, but they just want to do absolutely everything right. And they've got everything right down to their fall harness. Uh, you know, their gun is perfect. Uh, you know, everything is, is, is all set up. Okay. Uh, other guys, it just, just kind of depends. And we, we have neighbors just like that, that, that's right. You know, that do that. So okay. mm-hmm. no faults to anybody from in or out of the area, the out of state guys, maybe need to read a little bit more or maybe to ask an, one additional question just because they don't they weren't brought up around all the Illinois laws and stuff. Right. But I'll yeah, tell you, right. you brought up a valid point, And that is if you're going somewhere, Look up that local game warden. Mm-hmm. Connect with them. Yeah. Just because, I mean, who better to talk to? That's exactly right. Really? Yeah. That's exactly right. I, I get calls all the time from different places. Uh, and, you know, if I can answer a question, if I know the area, it's no problem. I, I'll meet up with you if you have a question or something. You know, we'll have a cup of coffee. And uh, who pays? Uh, it depends. <laughs> Not the state of Illinois. <laughs> if it's good no. coffee, then yeah. yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. But, um, yeah, no. So, you know, there's all sorts of information out there. There's websites. There's our numbers are posted. Our email address. Mm-hmm. You, anybody here can email me if they have any questions. Do you want us to give out your personal cell phone number right now Absolutely, for you? Absolutely, yes. This is where I live. Right. Yeah. Stop yeah. in any time. Yeah. 24-7. I'm always That's open. Right. Right. Yeah, just what you need. You'd be surprised at how many people come rolling down that lane. You hear the gravel down the way, and, you know, Jenny calls and says, there's a guy here. You know, he's in a truck. He's wearing camo. Really? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, hey, Steve, hey, I got a question. Sometimes, you know, I'm like, in You know what? I have a phone. But, yeah. <laughs> you can just call me. <laughs> I did. A, um, you know, I, have a, I write for Outdoor Magazine and stuff. And I did a story mm-hmm. for, with, with the Cyclone Game Warden last year. And his answer to the question of what's the most common mistake people make is duck hunters not having PFDs. Oh, yeah. He said that is the most common thing they run into is they mm-hmm. don't think. They think, I got all my duck gear. Sure. But all the boating laws apply as well because they're in a boat. Right. I didn't even think about that. See? Now, is that something I that you run into as run well? I mean, no. we're always on the ground. Yeah. yeah. Wherever there's a, an overlap because they're in a boat, they have to have their PFD, they have to have their throw cushion, they right. have to have you know all those different things. Gun has well, to be in a case. I'll tell you what we did, and I'm going to tell you right now, was, was absolutely tremendous. When we had our boat, when we got our boat, I had Steve come look at it. 
Mm-hmm. And there was Tells again being transparent. To... And he walked right through and he said, "You need a, you need your hydrant. You, you know what I mean? You need every fire and it, hydrant, fire extinguisher. Yeah, not fire yeah. hydrant." You said hydrant. Oh, son of a 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 I used to work Lake Michigan, uh, so we didn't have a lot of deer hunters, shotgun deer hunters over there. So, uh, okay. you know, one of my more common violations would be a boating violation that would be out there, a fishing license violation due right. to the, the population right. density. But um, so, yeah, uh, but yeah, I don't know how many times you come in. The guy's got his full decoy spread, everything in the kitchen sink piled up in the front of his boat. And I said, hey, show me two wearable life jackets. And he thinks, well, they're not even accessible. You know, <laughs> yeah. what, what would happen? I mean, they're way down in the bottom, you know. Yeah. And so um, generally the first inspection, they're like, oh, boy. And they start digging and digging and digging. And I remind them, I said, hey, you know, you're going out at two o'clock in the morning. There's wing dams out here. There's other boats. There's obstructions. You're probably going in some flooded water. It's cold. It's cold. It's cold. Heavy clothes. You hit a stump or do something, or even if you just bump and fall overboard. So then you're going to be running into those issues types of, right. you know. So right. um, accessibility is a big thing for us. The fire extinguisher, they're cooking in there in the morning. They're making their sandwiches, got an open stove or whatever. Make sure that's accessible. You have a fuel source here, you've got a gas can over here. You've got, yeah. you know, so I've never understood that. Why they have an open flame right next to their gas tank? Yeah, well, <laughs> you know, because it's, 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 like, like, it's, it's like watching someone go pump their gas and they got a cigarette. Right. You're like, uh, oh my goodness! Side of the gas station, yeah. yeah. So, but you know, oftentimes they're taking a recreational boat and they're retrofitting it for an activity. That's and so right. Right. we yeah. do the best that we can to try and remind them, hey, have this stuff available. And the guys that I check on a regular basis, bingo, Steve airs everything right there in a tote, <laughs> opens it up. Fire extinguisher whistle, yeah. you know, all the safety equipment. Yeah. And they keep that right next to them. Well, one of the things that a buddy and I do, we don't duck hunt a lot, but we do three or four times a year. Is we have a go bag. Mm-hmm. That's, yeah, our, right. that's yes. our duck bag. And yes. in that, now we don't have to, the boat is under 19 feet, so we don't need a fire extinguisher down there. Mm-hmm. But we have our whistle, we have our air horn, we have uh, um, the other, I can't remember, a uh, flare, okay. uh, yeah, some yeah. kind of lighting source that's, mm-hmm. out, that's different from the battery so you can be seen. Mm-hmm. Um, so we have all, all these things that the law requires in that bag. Right. And that's in our, just for our duck bag. And right. we have another bag for when we go alligator hunting at night. We have another bag that has different things in it. Right. You know, so that way we just grab that. We go through, make sure it's right. Mm-hmm. But now, now we know we're legal. Right. You know, right, right, anytime right. we're duck hunting, because we wear waders in case we have to get out to put our decoys out. Mm-hmm. I'm like, I'm having my life jacket on because oh, yeah. if these things fill up. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm going to the bottom. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. uh, I mean, it's hard to float in full waders. Yeah. So yeah. wear your life jackets if you're if you're waterfowl hunting out of a boat or or even standing in water. Mm-hmm. I think it's smart even for guys hunting flooded timber to be wearing a life jacket oh, yeah. Yeah. because you can fall over, oh, yeah. step in a hole. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm a trapper by trade outside of riding, so I'm in I'm in swamps all the time, oh, yeah. trapping beavers and things like that. So it's a uh, it's easy to fill your waders up. Oh yeah, you know, yeah, really cool easy to do that. Um, so with, uh, since I mentioned trapping, there's a segue, uh, y'all have, uh, tell me about trapping violations and things that trappers should, should look for that they, it's a common thing that is a mistake that they make that they don't mean to. Oftentimes the biggest mistakes we see are the fur prices going up 
and a lot of young trappers coming out, a lot of new guys that are coming out and they're trying to take advantage of, of, you know, participating in that sport a little bit to try and gather some income, you know, at the expense of the resource. And so guys just go to the store, they buy some dog proof traps or some leg holes or even conibears or whatever. And they go out and they set them and they just don't know the regulations, whether it's having their name and address on the trap or checking them once a day. Um, those are the biggest issues that we have. Illinois has instituted a, um, uh, a mandatory safety class for trapping oh, okay. for people born after a certain date and stuff. So, so that's just like new. the hunter education, you mm-hmm. have a trapping education trapping class. education. Yeah. That's a really good yeah. idea. And so as the fur prices fluctuate and stuff, I, I hear old stories about being back in the eighties where, uh, you know, the, a raccoon was worth 40 bucks, you know, so it everybody was, would stop on the road. It was ridiculous how much they were in the seventies and eighties. Yeah. You know, a high so. school friend of mine bought a house. On catching fox for one season. Uh, yeah. Oh, yeah. a house mm-hmm. from high school. Of course, that was in South Carolina. Yeah, and their <laughs> fur prices are much lower, right? Because we're comparing. Well, they don't have the winter hides like. Right? That's what yeah. I'm saying. Is you have a South Carolina fox with a what? A South Carolina fox. Okay. With <laughs> Did you get that? <laughs> that wasn't really sure what that was. Yes. Yeah. Five yeah. eighths inch fur right. compared to an Illinois fox that's going to have inch and a half inch fur. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the fur. So prices are much words, greater for the Illinois fur. Our foxes are better. You got some great foxes up here. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Yes. So you got some foxy foxes too. Foxes, yeah. yeah. Oh my lord. Yeah, and y'all have more reds too. But anyway, yeah, the the prices in seventy eight through eighty four were just ridiculous. Right. I mean, right. they're three hundred dollars for a fox. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. And paying people catching a thousand of them a year is ridiculous. All right, talking about trapping, you have to check them every day, every twenty four hours. So here in Illinois. The law is check them once per calendar day. So to the average person, you say, oh, I'm check them every day. Well, you have to check them once per calendar day. So what that means is that today between 12.01 a.m. this morning and 11.59 tonight, okay, or 12 o'clock tonight, right. you have to check that trap once. And then tomorrow between that 12 or 12.01 to, to the, you know, 11.59. So if I wanted to, I can go out tonight and I could run my line at 11.30 and then I could run it again at 1230. So I could run it out gotcha. at 1130. And it's the stroke of midnight. I could then run it back. And so now I've checked my tracks for two days in a row, but once per calendar day. Right. So yeah, that's important to distinguish because as wow. I was telling them mm-hmm. in South Carolina, we have a window of darkness we can check one hour before daylight, one hour after sunset. Okay. That's it. And that, and that's new. It used to be only during daylight hours we could check traps. Really? Yeah. And wow. two years ago, the Trapper Association finally mm-hmm. had a push that we could check after dark because it gets dark so freaking early. It does. You yes. know. Okay. So, so here's this. We have a spy point camera. Mm-hmm. It's a link. It goes to our phone or our, to our computer. Mm-hmm. Can you use that? If you were to put it on your on your trap. Yeah, so I have to look at the law. <laughs> The price of them are getting so much cheaper mm-hmm. and to operate them, you, you know what I mean? To That's get a, that, to, I'm, right. I'm just. As technology evolves, you know, we're constantly uh, refining the laws, mm-hmm. trying to come up with ways that are going to be able to accommodate a good, safe, healthy harvest of an animal that's responsible. And if, you know, if you could utilize that technology to employ that, great. You know, uh, assuming that they're not going to be using that to exploit it. And yeah, so, right. which, you know, th- th- which, like you said, there's good apples and there's yeah. bad apples well, yeah. everywhere. St- actually, now, we're, I don't want to d- digress too much, but there's two states that just outlawed cell cameras. 
Totally. 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 Uh, Nevada and Arizona. Okay. Um, Because they say this provides an unfair advantage to the uh, wildlife. Mm -hmm. And I I don't want to get it wrong on the podcast, but one of those states, the conservation officer documented 30 plus cameras on one water hole. 30 plus cameras on one water hole because they're desert states. So the animals right. flock to the water hole. So right. the guys are watching. Oh, the animals are coming to the water hole. They all the trucks drive out there. And so, and, and so more and more states are putting very strong restrictions oh, on cell cameras. Gosh, yeah, yeah, no, we don't have ours come instantly to us. That would drive me crazy. No. That's, yeah, yeah, we have no. such poor cell reception well, anywhere. Yeah, same here. They're not, they're not, like but a, that might be something to look is. into. Yeah. You, know, you know what I mean? Just because. Like where my land is, we don't have cell service. So those right. cameras would do me no good. Right. So, but anyway, uh, water trapping, you have any issues with that versus not much of a difference? You know, there's a few different sizes of traps that you could use in the water yeah. that you can't use on land. Well, yeah, and same, and thing, yeah. same thing with, uh, you know, a snare or something along those lines and stuff. Yeah. But um, in, in this area, the, the trapping, I think it's 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 a. Uh, it's almost a forgotten pastime. You know, yeah. we just don't have it. The, the fur prices just aren't up. And uh, so kids nowadays, they're struggling with, you know, playing a video game yeah. or doing something else. Fortnite or, or trapping. Yeah. yeah, Fortnite or trapping, you know. so and That's a shame, too. As a trapper, yes. by profession, it's one of the, the best ways to learn the woods. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Because if you can get an animal to step in a four-inch circle, right. then killing them at 40 yards is nothing. We'll be right back with more Ralph and Vicky's Off Grid Podcast with your host, Pete Rogers. This segment of the Off Grid Podcast is brought to you by Traditions. Traditions has the most extensive line of muzzleloaders in the industry. From brake action to bolt action to classic guns and even muzzleloading pistols, there is truly something for everyone. Additionally, Traditions muzzleloaders are available at all different price ranges. So there is a gun for every budget. Traditions muzzleloaders, moving forward with performance, value, and quality. Welcome back to Ralph and Vicky's Off-Grid Podcast with your host, Pete Rogers. We're coming to you from the Hunter's Blend Coffee Studio. Now, let's get back into this week's show. Yes. You know, as far as right. the difficulty is so mm-hmm. much harder to get that predator to put their foot exactly where right. you want them to. Yeah. So it's why'd you miss that fun. buck? Because I choked. Okay, I'm freaking choked. <laughs> that, I'm not going to... I own that. I choked. Oh, oh my God. shot a foot over his back. And it was filmed. Happens to the bus. Happens to all of us. That's right. Okay. That's right. All right. So Now, uh, talking about just, you know, here, deer. Mm-hmm. One of the hottest topics in our state. Mm-hmm. CWD. Chronic right. wasting disease. Chronic wasting right. disease, right. but also, and, you know... I, I we've been fortunate because we communicate with you guys, mm-hmm. you know, and the girls, you know, that 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 have the northern district of Illinois, northwestern district. Right. So we, you know, we, we ain't. I, I'm telling you right now, we ain't kissing no butt, but we we have seen it and heard it about, you know. How you guys are managing, you know, putting big bait piles, shooting 60 deer in an evening and filling up dump trucks. You're filling up dump trucks. Yeah. And then just wasting the animals. 
You know, uh, we, we, you've we, heard those rumors. Yes. Oh my yes. gosh! Yes. 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 Yeah, these are rumors. Sure you're saying it's a rumor. Yes, okay. they are rumors. So we want Steve to clarify yes. that, yeah. that yes. rumor. Okay. With any biology practice, you know, there's always going to be contention between science and passion. And so for us, chronic wasting disease, uh, you know, came into the state about 20 years ago. And the biologist, you know, started to manage it the best way they they saw fit. And uh, one of the things that were part of that management program for us in Illinois was the uh, herd reduction or deer reduction densities in certain areas. And that means that officers at times and biologists would go out and participate in a sharpshooting program. And so oftentimes, you know, there's misinformation going out about how we have this onslaught of of deer and then we just take them and either leave them lay or, or throw them in a ditch or whatever. And, you know, most of this stuff is is just simply untrue. You know, we've got uh, the Northern Illinois uh, Food Bank repository where we bring all the deer to. They individually test each of the deer. They grind them. And assuming the deer comes back clean, you know, it goes to the to the food pantry. Uh, we, you know, every deer that we harvest is taken in our possession. We don't have stacks and mounds and stuff. Um really people think it's an easy process to go out in the middle of January, February and sit over a bait pile, you know, when it's dark and cold, six o'clock, you know, to maybe 10 o'clock at night and, you know, just shoot a million deer. Um, deer act very similar at night as they do during the day when a gun goes off, they all run, you yeah. know, so we don't have a turret gun of, of <laughs> you know, of, of, of death, you know, that just kind of lays all these animals down. So, you know, during the participation uh, if if you could go out and same thing with baiting sites and everything, if you go out once one site, you know, and get a deer once or twice a week, that's about average. Just just as it would be average for you out here. Yes, you've got that concentrated food source that's bringing them in and stuff, but they're still they're still animals and they still react to threats and dangers the same way. So um, I don't know where they get these pictures from and everything, uh, but it's it, to us, it's comical and, and you're going to get that no matter what. And in oh, some yeah. of the industries, yeah. you know, people are just going to try and, you know, focus on certain exploits and, and people gobble that up. It's, it's fodder. It's, it's rumors and stuff like that. And, and it's not true. Oh, let's make sure. Yeah. And it's definitely not we true. Emphasize yeah. that it, it's it, it's kind of like playing that game operator where, you know, you say one thing and gets to Ralph and, and Ralph says it and, and right, he yeah. makes it the even larger and it just kind of goes yeah. around then all yeah. of a sudden we're like yeah. Steve yeah. you guys killed an entire dump truck full of right. deer last right. night he's like no and I've had people too you know they say well I hear there's this I said hey call me I'm going to call the director we're going to come out and we're going to we're going to arrest that person that, that did that because that's against our protocol and I, I have yet to get that call right. or there's a truck over here or whatever boy geez there's mountains in the background we don't have mountains in Illinois <laughs> you know so for some reason there's certain topics within the outdoor industry, cougar sightings, chronic wasting disease and Sasquatch, you know, I mean, those three, they all kind of, you know, we get that type of thing. It's such a hot topic in South Carolina. Black Panthers. Oh, oh my God. We're looking at at a picture and they said they had this paint, this, this cougar panther come through and it's a trail camera photo and you truly look at it and you're like, that's a barn cat. Yeah. It's a barn cat. Yeah. Oh, but if you post it. Oh, my gosh. And the biggest thing is, like, it's a, it's always a black panther in South Carolina. <laughs> right. and, and it's like, oh. I don't care how many times you say there's never been a documented melanistic mountain lion in the history of documentation. So, so wait a minute. Let me get it's this never, clear. It's never happened. So you can't have one You're, that doesn't exist. The state did not um, bring in. 
cougars. <laughs> So, you know, it started out with a deer population. in South Carolina, right. is what they're saying. So what we did was <laughs> too many deer, so we ended up, like, dropping, like, a bunch of these spider monkeys down, right? Oh, to, okay. to kill the deer, yeah. right? Okay. And then the spider monkeys were climbing up the trees, and we got overpopulated with the spider monkeys. So we had a, you know, and then we got the, the cougars to climb up the trees. Now there's overabundance of cougars, oh. so now we're putting in timber rattlers all throughout the state. Oh, oh. to kill the cougars? Yeah, to kick the cougars oh. down. Okay. And okay. the Where does Sasquatch come in? Yeah. He eats the timber rattlers. Oh, that's does he? Right. Yes. That's yeah, he right. That's right. And then he makes right. beef jerky out of it. Yes. 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 <laughs> that's the guy. That's the guy. That's the guy. We just solved all the rumors. All the rumors right there. Yeah. That's some yeah. powerful podcasting. What right is there. so fascinating to me is I hear these same things in South Carolina. So we're not isolated no. in that. And oh, the wolves. No. They're wolves, wolves, too, right? right. Wolves. Got to add wolves to us. You now, know, we do have red wolves in South Carolina. They were no, reintroduced. we have wolves in Illinois. We, allegedly. No, ours are red we wolves. We do. No, we have wolves. They were reintroduced. We got timbers. We got timbers. Yeah. I, for some reason, there's there's just a short path in the mind, and and some people are receptive to it. I go to these calls all the time. I've been doing it for years. People have shown me pictures, and I could show them. You know, in this photo, here's this cat, and it's in your backyard, and the grass is four inches tall, and his back is an inch above that. <laughs> but for some reason, you think it's a 220 pound cat, and yeah. you know, yeah. and you know, unfortunately, I, I don't know what it is. We've all been out there. We've seen a flash off in the distance. It might have been a coyote. It might have been something else, a fox with mange or something. And we couldn't see it and automatically like, oh, my goodness. Your mind. It's well, and, and, and so. you know, as a journalist, one of the places where I've had to come to mm-hmm. is I'm not going to tell you you didn't see what you thought you saw. Right. However, <laughs> and, I, and I wrote this whole story on, on the uh, search for the Carolina Cougar mm-hmm. where I did. I contacted the DOT. Right. The conservation officers, how many miles of roads do we have? Mm-hmm. How many game cameras are out there? How many hours of hunters right. are out there? And there's never been one hit by a car. There's never been a documented game camera picture. There's mm-hmm. never been one killed by a hunter or angler or anybody else. Right. So I'm not saying it's not there. You didn't see what you saw. The right. odds are very slim. Right. Right. Has there been slim. a documented cougar in, in this area? So we had one yeah. down in Morrison. No, no, I know. That's what right. Yeah. A couple of years ago, yep. uh, it was reported as a bobcat when it came through. And in fact, it was a, a juvenile transient out of the Dakotas that had come through. So for us. Out of the Dakotas. Yeah, out of the South, South Dakota. So for us, you know, it's not saying that we don't have habitat that's conducive for the animal. It's just the likelihood or the, I guess, the, the frequency that people report them. You know, apparently they're, they're on every street corner. Yeah. yeah. And so um, one thing that I look at, and, and I have to be careful sometimes when I say this to the public, is that, you know, if there's a, a, a cat that, that ranges between 120 pounds to 220 pounds, is about three foot at the shoulder and seven, eight feet long in your backyard, if you saw that cat, you call nine one one, but instead they call their cousin Cletus. You know, <laughs> you know what I'm saying. And so part of that is just that. In Utah, British Columbia, these other states that have bona fide cat sightings, right? They have bona fide cat sightings. Oh. They have a protocol. They close the school. Okay. They have this. They have oh. that. They've got heavy restrictions on, on garbage, trash pickup and all right. that stuff. So you look at these protocols out there for, for big, they've got signs and everything that are posted. So if a guy calls me and says, Hey, I just saw two cougars underneath my tree stand. I'm, I'm calling the school. Well, don't, don't call the 
at school. Well, you have an apex predator, 220 pounds. It's going to carry somebody away. Yeah. Well, maybe, you know, and so that's what it is, you know, and we do get that. So oh, people, yeah. you know, oh, yeah. and whether that resonates in the mind or not, it's, it's, and to me, it's very true because if we walked outside and there was a bear here, Ralph, if there was a bear, okay. And you've been be really around cool. bear your whole life. You'd be on the phone going, there's something that doesn't belong here. It's a black bear or whatever. And we had a black bear in our area. And it was yeah, on the right, front page of every newspaper. Yep. Okay. And you guys had, down from Wisconsin. You had a parade of people going yes. to see this bear. Yes. Yes. Really? Yeah, it was yeah. a big thing. Big news out here. What did you guys hear, Ralph? Here's a question for you. When you're out and you're hunting and in those areas that you have a mountain lion, what's your protocol? What do they say? What are you supposed to do? So, well, you know what? what? I, honestly, we can go back to when we hunted in New Mexico a bunch of years ago. And we were hunting elk and filming wise. And you're sitting there. And then all of a sudden it was a cow calling. It was a sixth sense. You felt Mm. something was staring at you. Mm -hmm. And the cat's coming. The cat, we look and here's a cat in, in an attack position, just slowly coming at us. Right. So we stood up and yelled. Right. Cat didn't do a dang thing. So we threw something. Mm. Cat stopped. Started coming again. So we all, you know, we had a bull work and we stood up and, you know, ah, finally, finally, when everybody stood up, there were four, three of us, everybody stood up that the cat, you know, acknowledged, whoa, outnumber. I don't know what it acknowledged, but it it took off. Well, we come down the mountain and they had a game check. They had a game check. Checking all the vehicles coming off Mm -hmm. the mountain. Which is cool. And we asked them. What would you do? What's the protocol? Right. What are we What's allowed protocol? to do? And they said, you do everything in your power to stop that cat from, you know, attacking you. Right. But, but, you know, you know, I, I mean, they, I, I think common sense also, as you were saying earlier, you know, you, each situation is different. You know, if someone's lying or, or you, you know, you can pry enough to find out. But it's their experience. I think as, as your research showed as well, their experience is genuine. They think they saw a cougar. That's right. right. And so for us though, that registered within your mind and you knew, and it was a, it was a real liability oh, for you. Yes, sir. Oh, yeah. But when you ask the people that have seen them in South Carolina and over here, was it a real liability? Well, no, I didn't call anybody. I didn't think. So that's that's the big difference. That's is the big difference. In your mind, if there's if the liability exists there, you're not you're calling 911 because right. we're not walking out here. Guys, I'm letting everybody know there's a cougar in the backyard. You're calling your neighbors. Get your dogs in. If there's really a right. cougar here, we need to lock the place down. You're in almost yeah. panic mode at that point. Right. right. And so, you know, that, that so experience you had. Psychologically, truly, I mean, understanding that, you can pretty much tell that, I'm not a doctor, right? No, no, so, no, 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 not right. you, but but anybody. Yeah, because what you're saying makes a lot of sense. The experience because you had right there was, yeah, you know, knew. It was, you knew, right? There wasn't like I think I saw. Yeah, you no, know, no. And you don't qualify. I'm gonna say right now we were scared because right. this cat exactly. was coming to kill you. Well, I think exactly. the comment was made. You guys look like a couple of pork chops out there, and that cat was right. coming to get him. this freaking thing. Was I mean, it yes. was. He was hungry. It was we, and I mean, I've been around him. Right. I'm telling you. We all, yeah. Yeah. we were, yeah, 
Yeah, so yeah. We, but we don't want it. We can't keep Steve all day, although no, no, we, can't. No, we can't. We can do that. So we I love talking about cats. Uh, uh, oh, <laughs> I like talking about any of this stuff, yeah. out, outdoor stuff. Is there something else that you can think of that the public may need to know as far as uh, safety, conservation, make sure that you're doing things right? We, we hadn't even talked about fishing or anglers mm-hmm. or any of that. Uh, maybe common mistakes that people like that make other than, you know, what we have at home is over the limit, no license. Mm-hmm. You know, um, know, when it comes to that. One thing, if I could if I could ask people, you know, take into consideration buck fever. And when you're out, for some reason, it it, it takes a good person and sometimes will will push them in a direction that they normally wouldn't go. And we find this on a regular basis where you've got a a member of the society that wouldn't think about not wearing a seatbelt when he drives down the street. But for some reason. You know, that buck on the neighbor's property or, the you know, those ducks sitting on on the anti hunters pond or something, you know, and it just it it almost consumes you, you know. So uh, think about fair chase. Think about uh, proper harvesting. And, you know, over the years, I, I could tell you uh, the hundreds of people that, you know, uh, church members and, and, you know, dentists and doctors and lawyers and, you know, I mean, all sorts of people that that succumb to this and it's a real thing right buck fever is a real thing right whether it's your planted to ducks or turkeys or geese or whatever and so you see something that's coming through and you got that you know that adrenaline big strut that turkey that adrenaline this and that you got to stop and think well there's two in there i can't flock shoot you know or here comes a second one you know and i just got the first one and i can't i can't harvest the second or he's one. on somebody else's property it's on somebody else's property he's this and that and so or you just shot one buck don't shoot another right you know, so those types of things. Um, and then also, if you do have an oversight and say it's a legitimate, a legitimate thing, you're out, you shoot a turkey and you get up. Hey, everything's fine. You go up there and there's two of them laying there dead, you know. And so from that perspective, if you can call us, we understand people make mistakes. And I've had young and old call up and say, you know what, Steve? I'm just beside myself. This thing's here. I don't want it to go to waste. Uh, at the same time, it's it's haunting me, you know, and I, I don't want it here. I made a mistake. Um, this deer come in this morning. It, it was absolutely perfect. You got a nice doe tag. This thing, And I got up there, and I, I'm telling you, it's got three and a half inch spikes oh. on the top. And, and three, I, three is a buck. I just didn't know. Right. Yep. And three is the limit. So rather than you knocking them off with a hammer or something, calling us and, you know, hey, if I could work something out with you, let's get the let's get a donate to the hunger program. You know, let's try and make this right. You yeah, know, that's right. Yeah. and depending on you know the innocence or the malice behind it and stuff, we definitely can work some things out. Right. Doesn't mean that you're not going to get a ticket. Doesn't mean that you're not going to get a warning. But you know, do the right thing. Do the right thing. And do the right thing. Transparency. Be transparent. Get to know your local game warden if you can. There's not a lot of us around, but wherever it is that you go, we enjoy the outdoors just as much as anybody else. And so when I get a call from somebody that I've met before and they got a question or there's an issue, you know, it's so much easier for me to talk to them on the phone. Hey, Steve, there's a deer stuck on the fence here. You know, it's really bad. It's suffering. Is it okay if I put it down? Sure, Ralph. Yeah, no problem. You know, go ahead and put it down. Snap a picture of it if you don't mind. Bring it back. You could, you know, you could harvest the meat if anything's good. Um, so once you get a chance to, to know your local game warden, it's right. a lot easier to be a steward of the land yes. and to, you know, appreciate yeah. what's out there for all of us to enjoy responsibly. And okay. I, I got to say something on closing. Um, getting to know our game wardens. The, the benefits, uh, and, and I'm not saying this because you're here. I, I'm really, you've called us up, 
because we're, we work here, you know, this is where we work and, and, and said, listen, you know, we've got a bald eagle that's dead or, or, or that's wounded or or the fawn. Remember mm-hmm. the fawns yep. that, again, probably one of the biggest public mistakes. Public service announcements. Though. Public, yeah. public service announcement. We, we, we were able them. to work together and he brought a fawn that someone grabbed that if they would have left alone, mom would have been there. The dough yeah. would have been there, but didn't happen. Steve brought it. We actually were able, RJ was actually able to hold the fawn, but we utilized it. We put it on social media. And As Steve, a public service announcement to leave them be. To right. leave them be. And I mean, it, I remember it, that. it yep. went viral. I mean, yeah. it went crazy. Yeah, but, and we've worked together. And that's the thing. Be transparent. Mm-hmm. But but also, you know, they'll, they'll bring you stuff to show you, to witness that I'm telling you, 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 you you'll, get to see. you'll right. never have that opportunity. Yeah. And yeah. it's been priceless. And I think it's important to point out, too, is that uh, conservation officers, game wardens, fish cops, whatever people want to call you, right. that's, that's not a bad name. They're there to help us yeah. and to help right. the resource. So and many, so many sportsmen and women think that, well, they're just they're they're just trying to get a quota. They're they're looking to, for people to break laws. They're trying to do that, but it's the opposite. They're protecting the resource that we value so much. You're right. You know, and and so we, you know, I personally applaud you for what you do. Thank, thank you for yes. thank yeah, you thank for thank all you do and for all the, all the conservation thanks officers. All, out there. And, 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 and that, thanks uh, for for sitting down and chatting with us on this. Absolutely. Yeah, this means a lot. To us it does it does it does i'm happy to do it and you know what any any guys in your area reach out to them i know guys would love to share this message Mm -hmm. you know whether you're part of a group or an organization your church group your kiwanis club your boy scout group and stuff and we do all this because every little seed that we could plant helps out now now it's just not my two eyes out there it's i've got six more i've got another more and more and more and you know once you get a chance to know us hey he's not a bad guy hey i saw something that wasn't right here i saw this or saw that and and we're here to help i want to i want to touch that before we close i know i know we're running out of time is that um, when you see somebody violating a game law, mm-hmm. report it. Oh, yes. Yeah. Yeah. Don't think you're tattletaling or you're a snitch. Mm-hmm. You're helping protect the resource. Report it. I know yeah. my local game warden say if it wasn't for people calling us, mm-hmm. there's a lot of things would would go by the wayside. So if you see somebody breaking a, a game law, report them. Call at home as Operation Game Thief. Right. I don't know if you'll have the same number or something, but there's a number I'm sure somebody can call if they don't have your number right, right. in order to get a hold of your local conservation officer and report violations. And uh, just as my wife said, it's more important to do the right thing than to be right. right. So just do the right yeah. thing. Do the right thing. Thank sure. you, Steve, for being Thank with us. Thank yeah. you, Steve. Thanks really appreciate you. it. <laughs> so we're going to wrap up this episode of Off Grid with Ralph and Vicki. I'm your host, Pete Rogers. And we want to thank Steve Beltran of the Illinois Conservation Officer for being with us today. And if you haven't subscribed to us, please do. Thanks for listening to this week's podcast. We hope you come back again for more Ralph and Vicki's Off Grid podcast with your host, Pete Rogers. 